Welcome to the latest episode of the podcast that wouldn't die. I'm your host, Kevin. With me, as always, is Aaron. Hey! <laughs> this week, we'll be doing the immortal classic Jaws, starring uh, Robert Shaw, Richard Dreyfus, Roy Scheider. It's an all-star cast. Didn't the shark had a special name? Was it like Ralph or something? The shark actually had a name, but I'm blanking name- on that. The name of the shark was Bruce. Bruce! That's right. Do you That's think cool. that ELO song, Don't Bring Me Down, Bruce, yes. was about the shark? It was. <laughs> <laughs> we can all agree on that. Now, growing up, I always wondered what came first, Jaws the shark or Jaws the James Bond villain? <gasps> Isn't it the James Bond villain? No. The, well, the book came out years before the movie. So the I think in, in film, the James Bond villain came first, but it, he took the name from the book, which was a bestseller, I believe, unless I've lost my mind, which is entirely possible. You know, it's all about if you feel you're right, it must be true. That's the way I feel about it. <laughs> That it must be true. It must be true. Now, this movie is, is I think this is top five, one of my favorite movies ever. I got to be honest. I love Jaws. I think it is dynamite. I will tell you, there are certain bits of dialogue in this and certain bits of acting where it seems so genuine. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. And I know we're all talking about the same scene, I'm sure. Well, there was a lot of stuff going on. Obviously, this is Steven Spielberg uh, and, and John Williams, of course. You can you can you can smell a John Williams score, uh, you know, in three beats. I can name that tune in two notes. Well, I read somewhere that when he first presented the score to Spielberg, Spielberg laughed and said, "It's true because it's so basic when it starts. It just did it, did it." it's like he's just like okay come on quit joshing but evidently he uh he eventually came around now this one of those one of those earworms where it gets in your your brain it does indeed now this movie became the first big summer blockbuster prior to this movie to go to the movies during the summer they went out and went swimming and i don't know flew a kite barbecue. well they weren't swimming after this that's for sure that's right they ch- this changed this changed everything this is actually the number one movie in america the uh the week i was born i was gonna say this came out in 75 you yep. you'd barely hatched out of an egg by then coincidence i, I do not know that's right that your fork your coming was foretold <laughs> pretty much pretty much and, and this was the movie that turned richard dreyfus into a star prior to this he was only in like american graffiti and, i was uh, wondering what came first this or goodbye girl goodbye girl came later oh, yeah. all right so because in this and goodbye girl he became like the little furry sex symbol 
<laughs> it's true. You can mock, but he was like a little furry hedgehog. Not to be confused with the hedgehog, which is a whole, right. whole different thing. We're different genre of uh, acting. Exactly. <laughs> no, I knew he was little and furry. I just didn't know he was a sex symbol. But I guess if you like uh, carnival dwarves, anything goes. <laughs> furry carnival dwarves. Should, should we just jump right in with the the plot? Do you want to tell the plot? I'll give I'll give you the plot. Uh, beach town shark must kill shark. They kill shark. The end. How's that? Uh, that did I leave anything out? Maybe, maybe a few little plot points there. Uh, um, there's a bit, little juicy bit. It takes place in Amity. Which I always assumed this was the same town as the Amityville Horror. Who would ever live in Long Island? Because yeah. clearly it's full of haunted houses, the mafia, and giant sharks. That but is true. Later, I, I understand one was Amityville, New York. The, this is supposed to be like Amity Island right. in, in Massachusetts or something. Right. It's basically Martha's Vineyard. Okay. It's basically what it is. Um but it, it set forth a lot of the tropes that we come to expect, where it's like the, the chief wants to shut down the beaches, predicts, you know, there's going to be more shark attack, uh, shark attacks. And then, of course, his immediate superior is like, oh, no, 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 we can't do that. Can't do that. It'll affect our local businesses. So therefore, we have to leave the beach open so that everyone gets eaten by sharks. Yeah, people were less litigious in the 70s because it would be like, okay, mayor, but can you put that in writing? Because when they come to sue you and take everything you own because you didn't give a damn that there were sharks, I just want it on record that I, that you're basically threatening my job if I were to close the beach. So could you please write that down? I know. Now, Alex Kittner's mom did come up and smack him once. You know, when when her son was after her son was eaten by a shark. That's so true. You can't pass the buck. He's, he could have he could have closed the beach, jeopardized his job, but he could have. He could. You're absolutely right. He's the chief. of police. He says it himself. I can do whatever I want. I'm the chief of police. Apparently not, because he bowed the first the first whisper of a threat about his job. He was like, yes. Uh. <laughs> now, the opening of the movie, I got to I got to go back. There are a bunch of crazy hippies smoking dope around a bonfire and some chick and her, I guess, erstwhile new friend, she decides to go swimming out in the ocean in the middle of the night. I have to tell you, the idea of doing that just sounds terrifying in and of itself. It it makes no sense. First of all, it's the middle of the night. She's peeling off her clothes and just throwing them on the beach willy nilly. Yep. And you got car keys, you got a wallet. How are you going to go back and find all this stuff? <laughs> That's a good point. I'm a little too logical. Apparently, it, I guess she knew it didn't matter. Here are my matter. keys. Boop, plonk. Right. So she goes swimming out there and boom. Adios, muchacha. I mean, that's that's pretty much ball game, which is what you think is always going to happen. And that's what I think. If I go swimming in the pool and the lights are out in the pool, I, I think the shark's going to get me. Uh, because of this damn movie. Yeah. I, I, I didn't want to go swimming in the deep end of the pool. A shark right. may come up through the drain. You better believe it. <laughs> what else is new? I know. I kept I, I had so many nightmares after this. And and I don't know when I saw it. Do you think mom and dad took us to see it at ten? So I don't know when the hell I saw it, but when I saw it, I'm telling you, it freaked me out. Right. 
Well, what was it? The uh, the tagline for Jaws 2 was, just when you thought it was safe to get back in the water. It's you know never safe. It, it, clearly, it's never safe. Now, did you ever read the original novel? Yeah, after this, I, re- I, was, I, I started to deep dive Peter Benchley, so I read three or four of his books. I read the book as well. And uh, there are some subplots that were in the book that they totally get rid of happily from the movie. There was one subplot about how uh, his wife, Chief Brody's wife, was actually from a wealthy family. And she actually married below her station when she married the lowly police officer. Right. So that when the big money uh, oceanographer... um, played by Richard Dreyfus comes to town that kind of awakens something in her and they start having an affair. Oh book. god, I don't remember the novel. Oh yes. Oh, how oh, did yeah. I I missed all that. So that was that was part of it and then there's another subplot about the real reason why the head selectman didn't want the beaches closed. It wasn't just uh because of uh, you know, tourist dollars. Evidently there was some mob connection. Like you said, like he owed a bunch of money to the mob and therefore he, he needed the money for that reason. Dear so God, I, I clearly reason. don't remember this novel at all. I may have read it in junior high. I but have I, no knowledge. Yeah, Spielberg basically said we can get rid of all that crapola. That's yeah. of, of no help at all. <laughs> so let's let's get rid of it. I cut like the trash it. out, yeah. For reals, which I think it's true. It's like none of that stuff really... Uh, help to the movie in any way shape or form so let's get rid of it yeah did you notice that uh chief brody's kids had the craziest long island accents like the deepest accents in the entire movie hey i'm just going in the water i'm just swimming in the water dad okay that sounds more like a massachusetts because you're dropping your r's i don't know what you're doing it's it's something something's going on remember when you fake the the massachusetts accent that's when you're dropping your eyes i want a quarter for some water for the dog so it won't fat my cars in the yard (laughs) my cars in the yard (laughs) yeah it's all topsy-turvy yeah it's anarchy Yeah, well, we don't really know where they're coming from. I mean, because Roy Scheider clearly has some kind of New York accent. Well, he says he was a police officer in New York, and he felt like you could never make a difference. But here in Amity, where it's he's one man could make a difference, right? He's there's the chief of police, and then the one officer, and that's it. Yeah, he thinks it's Mayberry. Let's tell the truth. Right. I've seen Law and Order, Law and Order SUV, Law and Order Criminal Intent. Wouldn't you rather be a little beach community where occasionally a high school kid tries to steal a six pack of beer? Or do you just want to like shovel out dead junkies and crack babies 24 7? Let's be straight. Just shovel them. <laughs> shovel them. Shovel them. Shovel we them. all know Roy Scheider was is he was getting long in the tooth on the police force. Clearly not going to be chief of police in and in, in New York City. Right. So it's like I got three kids. We're we're all living in a, in a studio apartment that's one hundred square feet because yep. I'm getting paid you know ten thousand a year as a nineteen seventies copper. I've just uh-huh. come off the French connection and that didn't help me. So yep. here we go. We're going to go and get a free house on the beach. Where do I sign? Where do I sign? Let's right. be straight. 
And then, of course, there's the whole subplot about how he's he's afraid of the water. Yeah, so why did you volunteer to get on the boat with Mr. Sharky McShark? No, thanks. <laughs> That's nonsensical. Right. Yeah, n- nine, Dunka. It's like, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, yeah. I, I got to go. Um, okay, so there's the one iconic shot that I noticed. They're all on the beach after the first person's been killed. And then you see little Alex Kittner is like out there being eaten by the shark. And they just crazy zoom in on Roy Scheider's face. You know the shot I'm talking about? Yeah, where it's it's like, ping! (laughs) It's it's dynamite. It is. If you have not seen, first of all, I got to say this. If you have not seen Jaws lately. It is not, there is so much more to this than just being like a horror movie. Because there's like comedy in this. Oh my God. There's there's some good, it stands up. It still stands up. It is really, it is everything. It is everything you could ever want in a movie. Because it's not just two hours of people being eaten by sharks. No, no. There are iconic characters and iconic lines. There is some magical dialogue in this film. Yep. Okay. The acting is spot on. I mean, there's three people in this movie. Everybody else you don't give a damn about. There's yeah. Roy Scheider. There is, uh, oh, crap, Quint. Robert Shaw. <laughs> Robert Shaw. And then there is uh, Mr. Dreyfus. <laughs> Mr. We call him Mr. Dreyfus now. We Absolutely. call him the little furry hedgehog. Yeah. And that's all you need to know. You don't even need the shark. The three of them playing off each other is amazing. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's dynamite. There's a, there's that scene where Richard Dreyfus is doing the autopsy, and he goes, "This is not a boating accident." That is, <laughs> is that your Richard Dreyfus? He's got like a speech impediment. He's got a little bit of an impediment. I thought that would add a little something. But there's a there's a time years later, uh, Richard Dreyfus in a movie called Stakeout with Emilio Estevez. Oh, that and sounds terrible. It, it's a dynamite movie. And in that movie, they're playing a game where uh, Emilio Estevez gives him like movie lines. And the big joke is he Emilio goes, this is not a boating accident. Richard Drivers <laughs> goes, I don't know. I don't know. What's that from? So. <laughs> Evidently, that's a true story. Like, like they were playing it off camera and he didn't know what it was from. So they put Oh, it shut the your mouth. How but, funny. So there you have it. Now, later in the movie, uh, Alex Kittner's mom puts out a bounty. Go kill the shark. I will give you $2,000 to kill the shark. Uh, and every Yahoo up and down the eastern seaboard comes into Amity Island to get them. They eventually do catch and kill a big tiger shark. Did you notice that there were literally arrows sticking out of this yeah, shark? there was like a random arrow. It was, it was like Steve, a Steve Martin arrow through the head kind of takeoff. Yeah. <laughs> People were just like, I expected to find like a hatchet sticking out of the back, you oh, know, no. a lawn dart. <laughs> it, it, was, it was ridiculous. It was like, okay. I, you see the guys like throwing dynamite in the water. There's other oh, guys yeah. like coming. Who is the guy with the longbow? That's what I want to yeah. know. it was like what is going on here so yeah evidently that was not the the actual uh that was not the shark that killed alex kittner yeah this was like a tiger shark or something 
the wrong shark, but evidently this was a, a real shark that they used for that scene, and it had been rotting for a while, so that it actually made people sick to film next to it for some reason. I bet. Yeah. Not a happy time. Um, there's a scene where Richard <laughs> Dreyfus visits... Uh, what is Richard Dreyfus' character's name, for God's sake? Crap, I don't know. All God. we need to know is Quint and Chief. There's Chief Brody, yeah. and there's Quint, first name or last name. I and for know. the life of us, there's Richard Dreyfus. That's it. He doesn't. He, that's his real his name in the in the movie. This we'll just say that because we can't drive me crazy. I didn't even write it down. I have Quint, and I made a point of writing down Robert Shaw because I always forget what his real name is. And while we we're discussing it, I, I forgot his name and then forgot I wrote it down. Oh, good times. Okay. <laughs> so who? Ah, Hooper. His name is Hooper. Hooper. Like like Oopaman, the John Ritter film. Matt Hooper goes to uh, Chief Bro. He doesn't house. look like a Matt. That's a, a wrong name. That doesn't sound right. No, it's that's his name. I know, but it doesn't sound right. Matt. Matt. I'm sorry to hear that. He doesn't look like a Matt. I don't know what to say about that. But, Continue uh, on. Anywho, so Hooper goes to Chief Brody's house and brought two bottles of wine because he was going to tell him that they, he's determined that that's not the real shark. Yeah. And he sits down at, at their dinner table, but uh, Chief Brody pours himself a huge tumbler yeah. of some kind of California Those, those red. like 70s giant plastic 30-ounce cups, and he's like, glug, glug, glug. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> Hooper goes, is anybody eating this? And then just takes Chief Brody's plate and proceeds to, to just eat his dinner there in front of everybody. There's no, yeah. no shame in his game. No like, shame in his game. <laughs> I just noticed it at the time, just like, is, is this what we do? It's like, if I'm going to a person's house for the first time, I barge you. I notice they're eating. And I just help myself. I go, you know, can I grab a plate out of the cupboard? He's taking food out of the guy's mouth. Very upsetting. Basically, the idea is we're going to get our drunk on and prepare ourselves because if this is the real shark, when they cut it open, like a kid's going to fall out. So they're kind of stealing themselves for this with some uh, Matus or uh, whatever jug wine they were drinking in the 70s. (laughs) Jug wine. (laughs) (laughs) Some Franzia or something. Uh, Franzia, is that the alcohol-free, isn't it? No, that's that's, uh, wine in a box. Oh, wine in a box, okay. That's that's a healthy choice. Um, Now, one thing I noticed, and this, this is definitely a sign of the times, whenever they were in a hospital, people are just lighting up. Yeah. Pulling out cigarettes. At one point, Hooper yells at Brody, there's no smoking in here. And that's, it's like, okay, I get it. You know, finally. It, it was a freer, hospital. it was a freer society in the seven, the seventies. We literally goes. had internal terror. We had the weather, weathermen blowing up people. Yeah. We had air jacking. People were constantly hijacking planes to go to like Cuba or Russia or who knows where. Constantly. And nobody gave a shit. And you could check 12 bags if you wanted to at the airport. And you could smoke while you were on oxygen at the hospital. It was a freer time. Now, did you notice there are two big jump scares that occur in this movie? Do you know what they are? 
So one jump scare is when they see the abandoned boat and he dives yep. in and he looks in a hole and a head appears. Yes. That's the <laughs> and I made a note. Why is it missing only one eye? It seems the shark is too big to suck the one eye out. That is an excellent question. <laughs> that is an excellent question. And again, it's like, why is Richard Drivers jumping into the middle of the ocean in the dark? They know there's a killer shark out there. I'm going to go swim. You mind if I swim around? It's, it'll be fine. Yeah, we we're going to tow fine? it back. We're going to tow the. No, no, let me jump in the pitch black water first. Yep. Let me do that. Whatever. First. It Good progresses time. the plot. They wouldn't have the jump scare if it wasn't for that. Now, what is the second big jump scare? Is the second big jump scare while Scheider is chumming the waters and with his back <laughs> is turned and then all of a sudden a shark appears. That's the one. Those, those oh my are the God. Two. I was just watching that. And all of a sudden it was like, bing, his yep. eyes flip open. He stands totally erect and starts backing up and then become, comes the infamous line. Yep. We're going to need a bigger boat. We're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's dynamite it is yep. so good i love it because he's chumming and, and bitching about it he's like well, bitching about not paying ahead. any not paying any damn attention what he's right. doing i can go full ahead you come down here and shovel some of this stuff it was good. <laughs> oh it's, it's dynamite it is dynamite now spielberg actually said that originally he did not have the eyeball scene he had the ones the one big jump scare with the right. shark coming up in the chum. But he's like, I feel like we need a second one. So he added that one. And then test audiences, he discovered, actually reacted less strongly to the second jump scare. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the first jump scare is unnecessary. There's really no point. That's what he said. He said he got greedy. And it basically, yeah. the moment he had that jump scare, it was like, from there on, the audience is on guard. Right. So the second big scare isn't as powerful which is kind of an interesting uh, commentary on that. Yeah, uh, so that's the issue with we're, we're directing by, by committee. No, right. you, you, you got to take responsibility and take a risk and, and go with your, your gut. Totally. Well, he also said it was like <sighs> if he knew now what he, what he should have known then, I wish he would have known then, is that he wouldn't have been filming in the ocean at all, really. Yeah, he'd have been doing it in like a sound tank back in Los Angeles. Like it's it cost so much more money. And it was the real ocean is hard to kind of film around. You can't control it. You can't control it. And you're going to make the audience like violently ill with the rocking and rolling from the waves and all this stuff. Blair Witch, man. Blair Witch. I thought I I had to stifle a vomit for like two hours. (laughs) Stifle a vomit. Interesting. (laughs) I don't even want to know how one would go about stifling a vomit. But deep breath, that, deep breath. Just take a minute. Shove some more popcorn in your yab. Uh, but next note I have is the scar contest. Oh my god, that literally, I think, is the best scene. It's the best scene. It's the truest scene. Right. And, and it and it's like two little kids at first vying for daddy's attention with yep. Chief Brody being daddy. And oh, then yeah. it takes a left turn. Well, before we get to the left turn, I thought it was hilarious because Hooper, all of his scars are like, well, Moray Eel got me here, a bull shark. Shaw, or, uh, uh, Quince, all of his stuff is like, I was in a bar brawl. 
and uh, I was celebrating my third wife's demise and <laughs> broke my arm, arm wrestling. And then they cut to Roy Scheider looking at his appendix scar. Like, yeah, that's yeah. the only... <laughs> And who apparently has a six pack too? He's the leanest one there. Yeah, that that is the craziest thing. Okay, so the left turn hit me. The left turn, man, is uh, Hooper notices a, a a kind of a tattoo scar on Robert Shaw's Shaw's arm, and mm-hmm. and Shaw says, "Well, I've I've had it removed." And oh, what was it? Did it say mother? And then it got heavy. Right. He announces it was the USS Indianapolis, which Hooper knew exactly what it was. And uh, uh, Chief Brody had no idea. And the way the dialogue is written right. for his tale is mes- it's almost poetic. It's mesmerizing. Evidently it was they wrote that like the night before. They felt like they that scene needed something extra. And they like came up with it right before filming. It is chilling. 1100 went into the water. 316 came out. Yep. And the way they wrap it up, and I should have written it down, where, where he, does, he he starts it that way and he ends it that way. It, it feels like a poem. So And then he, he gives the date. You know, we delivered the bomb. It's the story about they delivered the bomb. Right. And then they, World, the, World War II, not World War One, And... <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, a Japanese uh, torpedo sunk their ship. It was down in 12 minutes. And it was so top secret. They never sent a distress signal. It was a week before anyone was, uh, was alerted. And they're all just floating in the water, being picked off one by one by sharks right. for a week. It was It's a chilling, chilling story. Some say yeah. karmic retribution. They are the ones who dropped the bomb. Either yeah. way, it's a horrifying story. Oh, it was dynamite. Oh my God! What he's dynamite. telling first when they're showing the scars, it seemed absolutely yep. believable. They 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 seem like they were real people telling a real story. Absolutely. And the minute Shaw starts telling the story of being on the Indianapolis, it is bone chilling. It is. It, it was. Oh man! I'm telling you, if you watch anything uh, f- from the show, just watch that. Screw the shark. That's the thing. Right. He should have gotten an award, and whoever wrote that should have gotten an award. But that whole no section, that's the best part. You can turn the movie off after this. Who really cares? That's <laughs> the best part. Robert what? Love him. If you haven't seen The Taking of Pelham 123, stop what you're doing. Rush out and see it. Robert Shaw as his finest. Robert Shaw was also a Bond villain. He what? was the... Yes, and from Russia with Love, he was the the main. He was like blonde and muscular henchman fighting Sean Connery about uh, fifteen years previous. Well, I so will tell you, you when he was pulling up his sleeves, you could tell he was in shape, considering the amount of alcohol he pours down his throat. It, it's it's a wonder. But right. uh, oh, no question. I have literally never seen him in anything but this. I I can't even imagine. You got you got to go out and broaden your horizons i'll tell you it's not all horror movies and i gotta tell you there's there's a whole world out there robert shaw <laughs> isn't he irish what, what a fine irishman he's something like that i don't know 
you he's, we'll, we'll say it's Different Caltech. Type. Can we say Caltech? That 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 covers up any pale people from you Europe. You want. <laughs> um, <laughs> evidently, Richard Dreyfus and Robert Shaw did not get along. Uh, Robert Shaw would be boozing it up and just taking it out on this little doughy furry guy all day long, all day long. Hey, that's where you get the magic, baby. And that's back to the- Robert Shaw, I really would like to try some of this apricot brandy because that's what apparently he drank the whole time. I was like, I want to try some apricot brandy. Sounds delicious, doesn't it? Maybe. I don't know. Now, oh. as you know, yes. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to go. Richard Dreyfus says, cut out all this working class hero crap. I'm like, (laughs) which one of these characters is supposed to be the the boss, Springsteen? Which one of these guys is supposed to be the working class hero? Quint? Well, yeah. The the wealthy oceanographer? Who's who's the working class hero? I don't think so. The working class. Quint said, because he touches his hands, he's like, you've been counting money all your life, Mr. Oh, yeah. You've got soft hands like a doll's eyes. Your hands are soft like a doll's eyes? Uh, I'm paraphrasing. You are okay. like Robert Shaw. Uh, that was spine tingling. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I was going to say is they made not one, not two, but three sequels. To this movie. Oh, I'm sure I saw Have them, you all. Seen them all. Is there only three? Yes. There's only three. There is Jaws 2, which they brought back uh, Roy Scheider yeah. and his wife. Uh, and they killed the shark by electrocuting it at the end of Jaws uh, 2. Yeah. Jaws 3. That's in- 3D. I saw that. It was like crappy in, uh... 3D. Wasn't it with yeah. the, the red and the blue glasses like you get to watch Elvira on Saturday nights when they do the, the 3D? Absolutely. Yeah, it, Absolutely. Was, it was pretty this, hinky. Uh, this followed the adventures of his now, uh, Brody's now adult sons, uh, including Dennis Quaid, played one of his sons <laughs> as they finished uh, visit uh, Marineland. <laughs> the, the, that's Randy. Oh, okay. I thought you that's... said Randy. <laughs> no, Dennis Quaid. I'd rather uh, see it with Randy. I want to see it with Randy Quaid. That that would definitely be a different movie. I, <laughs> I saw it and Louis Gossett Jr.'s in it, Leah Thompson, another all-star cast. Uh, Madonna. And, uh, then, of course, there was there was uh, Jaws The Revenge, this time it's personal, with uh, Michael Caine. Isn't that Michael the third Caine one? Was the, that's the fourth I one, I thought you baby. just said there were only three. I said there are three sequels. Oh, three sequels. Okay. Yeah. The immortal Michael Caine, who was in that uh, Help Me Buy a New Summer House kind of. They needed another so... uh, kind of vaguely Irish, British, whatever character to replace Quint. And Absolutely. I love Alfie, but he ain't no Robert Shaw. He ain't no Robert. I, I like him too. No Robert Shaw. But I'll tell you what, you'll be shocked to know Spielberg had no involvement with any of the other I'm not that shocked. Shocking. And Roy Scheider was basically forced to be in the second one. They had him under contract. He's like, I did the French connection. I did all that jazz. And now I got to do Jaws 2? Maybe he he had a gambling addiction. That's what I assume. Could be. Drugs or gambling. Yeah. 
things, stranger things happen. Any other uh, interesting tidbits? Oh, there was a couple of things that pop into my mind. At one point, someone has uh, defaced the billboard where they've drawn. It looked like something right out of Mad Magazine. And Mad Magazine, R.I.P., R.I.P., no more. Yeah, very sad. And, of course, there's the iconic scene of the two little punky kids with the fake shark fin swimming around the beach, spooking all the swimmers. That's a classic scene, too. (laughs) They pop up out of the water and and the entire Coast Guard all with long hair, apparently they'd relax their standards, uh, are all pointing guns at them. It's the 70s. He made me do it! (laughs) That that was a great scene, too. (laughs) That was a good scene. That sounds like something I would have done back in the day, too. Shenanigans. That's something you do right now. (laughs) You ain't that wrong. (laughs) You know what? And the other, I had one problem with the story. I don't know if you noticed this. The shark was eating people off the shore, yeah. but they go to hunt the shark in the middle of the ocean. Why? Right. Why? Why would they assume, even though it's feeding apparently constantly right along shore, that it would then all of a sudden be in the middle of the ocean, far from shore? Why? Well, they were chumming a lot. There's a lot of chum chumily chum chumaroo. So why on. wouldn't you chum chumaree where you last saw the shark? <laughs> I know. I'm letting logic choice. into that. I'm letting the logic get in there. Well, Spielberg basically said he wanted it to look like they were totally alone. I get that. You don't want to think that, yeah, the boat's sinking, but it's only going to go one more foot because we're on a sandbar. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. But these are important questions to ask within the narrative of the story. Anything else? I don't know. I would say this is definitely a classic, but is it a masterpiece? I don't know. <sighs> It's very, it is a classic. It's it's very Spielberg. And and I don't know if it's that that Mm -hmm. John Williams. I expect to see E.T. scooching by, riding on the back of the shark. It all starts (laughs) to melt together with all that music and everything. But it's fantastic. Well, if the shark eats E.T., I guess that's okay. Um, (laughs) Phone home, Bruce. (laughs) I will say it. I'll say it again. This is like top five all time for me. Don't ask me what the other four are, though. I love it. I love it. It Uh, it If it's on, I will watch it. But I always turn it off after after the the scar and and the uh, Indianapolis talk. Because, you know, you already know what's going to happen. You've already had the buildup. So after yep. that, it's all just wrapping it up. Yeah. Well, you know the the stories about how the the shark didn't work. Oh yeah. So all of the the cool point of view filmmaking, all the kind of mystery was just kind of like necessity being the mother of invention. They had to figure something out. That, there are it turned out that's made all the difference. Of course, because your imagination is oh, it's always better. I want to say Quentin Tarantino filmed the scene where they're cutting off the ear in Reservoir Dogs. This, yeah. When you see it, when you watch the movie and you don't see it, audiences said it was much more terrifying than they actually shot, oh, shot it where you actually see him slicing the ear off. Right. It builds more suspense. But for the, the few shots they had of it, 
It's fantastic. I mean, yeah, the second jump scare with Roy Schreier where the shark just kind of appears over his shoulder. That's great. That's all you needed to do. Now, the weakest scene with the shark was when the shark literally jumps on. Oh, yeah. And starts eating Roy uh, Robert Robert Shaw. Shaw. Yeah, that was terrible. And he just slides in. I mean, it's at a 30-degree angle, and Roy Schreider can't hold on to his hand. Does he have palsy? No, was well, that was ridiculous. He, he might as well just have jumped in the shark's mouth. Yeah, that's hold a sec. Let me just crawl in. Yeah. Basically. basically. That was hokey Fanoki. <laughs> it's very reminiscent. I haven't been to Universal Studios in about 3,000 years. But I went. We went We went last year. I went in 80. And uh, they had that crazy shark. Oh, still there. <laughs> Still there? Does the, does the tour guide like pretend to shoot guns at him like he's in Lion Country Safari? <laughs> Pretty much. It's funny though. It's like there there hasn't been another Jaws movie since like 1986 or something. But it's good. I mean, they might as well have had the Battlestar Galactica Cylon still walking around. Oh, I used to love that. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Time, Are you telling me they all. don't have the Cylons walking around? Oh. They finally got rid of the Cylons, although they do have the Waterworld Stunt Spectacular. Okay, come on. They right. brought back Battlestar uh, Oh my god, I'm having a, a seizure or something. <laughs> Battlestar, Battlestar Galactica. But Waterworld, yes. nobody knows what that is. Right, exactly. It's a sad situation. I think it's my fault because I literally haven't been there since 1980 because I couldn't give a damn. Nor could anybody else. <laughs> so there you have it. Good time. Good time. Thank you for joining us. So go to our page on Facebook at the podcast that wouldn't die. Like, share, tell the world. Go and follow us on Twitter at T Podcast TW Die. That's and so complicated. Don't forget, it's that's how we like it. <laughs> and then of course. Subscribe on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, any of them. And rate. Other, uh, things. Tell a right. friend that's not related to us. Make I, them I watch it. Ahead, I finally went ahead and gave us five stars. Now we got two five stars. What now I need you, you to do, audience members, non-family members, is force a friend Tie them down with duct tape, whatever you yep. got to do. Force them to listen to our podcast and then rate it a five star. The, the, if they're going to give works. us a one, then just leave them duct taped. I don't care. <laughs> and make sure you do it every week. <laughs> that was good time. So thank you very much and uh, goodbye. Ciao. Farewell and adieu to you, fair Spanish ladies. Farewell and adieu, you ladies of Spain, for we've received orders to sail back to Boston, and so never more shall we see you again.